episode 115, we go in and presents, joined by a longtime friend of the program, Nutso. Nutso, man, I've always appreciated the fact that you've always been available. You always make quality music. You've looked out for me when I've asked and I've needed a favor. You've been there. So first off, man, just thank you so much for coming on the podcast again in 2024, man. How's everything going? Everything's, man, listen, man, we getting busy. We getting busy, man. Everything is great, man. Great things are happening, bro. Appreciate it, bro. You know, I'm happy to hear that, man. You know, looking at 2024, you know, we're looking at January 14th today, Sunday morning. You're here doing an interview, man. Like the grind doesn't stop for you, man. Like it feels to me like you're always working on something. You're always moving. Like, you know, is that how life feels? Yeah, man. Basically, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for 20 years plus now. And, um, you know, my partner, Cedar Cuban, shout out to Cedar Cuban. Um, we just had a show on on Thursday. So Thursday, we was caught up doing some studio stuff. Then I ended up, um, um, well, that week. And then Thursday, we had uh, we had a show with with the, his his album, Fat Beats album release party. Um, and I was a part of that. Um, as well, as far as me and Elder Sensei, we got a single out produced by Sapphire. So we attended that event on Thursday. Busy working, man. And me and Ro Flush got the show coming up, you know, for his fundraiser, his cancer um, fundraiser and SOB. So we pretty much, man, we busy, bro. We busy. Besides projects that we got sitting on the table, we got a couple of events. So I'm pretty much still busy, bro, from nut rages to nutso. <laughs> Man, and what's crazy is you had that name before the candy bar, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I always used to, anytime I had them slick battles or whatever, I was like, yo, you can eat the ball, but you can't eat the rap. But then I heard Lil Wayne say that on one of his. I was like, man, he stole my line. Bro. Oh, man. You know, it's just, we all ate. You know, slick rappers think alike. So that, that that was a dope little line right there. <laughs> hey, man, that's amazing. You know, and, metaphorically, and... metaphorically. No, it's mm -hmm. it, it's crazy, man. You know, and Royal Flush is someone, you know, when I asked you about him, we did an interview about 10 years ago. I asked you about Royal Flush and you were talking about uh -huh. how he's someone who, when you guys first started working together, he wasn't somebody that was saying, you know, I, I need this amount of money. He just, you know, was working with you off the strength and just a cool guy, man. Like, how did you and Flush first get down, man? Can you share that story again for folks who maybe didn't hear that first interview we did? Yeah, well, basically, we 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 um we're Queens natives, you know what I'm saying, and um we're in this we, we live in the same. I mean, we 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 grew up and raised in the same town, you know, predominantly um flushes from the other side of Flushing, and I'm in the north side of it. So basically, um our neighborhoods didn't like each other too much, but we had mutual friends and family members that used to hang out on his side and our side. So that's how we started um connecting the dots, but. I wasn't even on yet. You know, I was nutrageous, still um going to the um fat beats and New Eurekan Poets Cafe, you know, just trying to um put my foot in the door. He was already signed and running around with Mike Geronimo and Irv Gotti and them, um, you know what I'm saying? During that time. And um basically we connected because I, I was always selling haze and shit. I used to sell weed back in the days, and you know, like I was always, you know on the streets wilding out. So, you know, um, me and Flush met on the streets before even his rap shit. So he knew about my neighborhood and my family and how we got busy in the streets besides um the music shit. So the music bring us to the next level. And that's how we started connecting. And as far as me showing up to the studio, he'll call me up. He'll be like, yo, nut, I need some of that good weed. 
bro, and I'll show up. And I was like, yo, bro, we got to do a song together. He's like, yo, I'm doing this mix, saving by. And then we just started doing little um features here and there. And then I got locked up. And when I came home, that's when we decided to really like join Vengeance. We was like, um, yo, let's just let's do a collabo, bro. Let's like, 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 let's do a whole flushing anthem. And it was actually like not even planned. Like we was just like working in the studio um, with Cuban as well. And um, we made it happen, man. That's how Primo showed up. So um, did the cameo appearance and everything because we was working. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember when I made the transition from from Nutrages to Nutso, I was more out in the street doing the battle shit and open mics and all of that. Just trying to get my foot in the door when I was Nutrages, but even traveling the world and all that. But Flush just seen that. He seen the grind and he was like, I'm a fuck with homie. He really about his business. Like, he's just not on the street shit. Like, he he wants to make a difference when it comes to his music and make a stamp for flushing. So, bro, he's been my brother ever since, man. You know, I uh, I got mad love for Flush, and, and he's going to beat this cancer, bro. You know, God willing, man. All faith and hope. He got this. No doubt, man. You know, we're, we're all rooting for Flush, man. And, you know, what's it been like, too, having that friendship and seeing him going through what he's been going through and, and the way he's been, been handling it. Yeah, man, he's tough, bro. Like I said, bro, a lot of these dudes that they're, they're, they're molded, they come into the game and then they want to be gangsters or want to be live that street life. But we really about that life. We came from that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm wiser now, older. So flush basically, um, We've been talking on the phone because my DJ, Mike Deuce, you know, he beat leukemia. He's a cancer survivor. My mom's had cancer, too. And she has um shit almost 18 and 19 years plus survivors. So I definitely know and understand what he's going through, bro. Not physically, but man, listen, I went through it with my moms and that shit is no joke, bro. Like, you know, everything irritates you, especially when you're going through that chemo treatment like, you know, just talking to somebody, just smelling certain foods and everything is just, you know, yeah, man, you just feel like shit. Like my mom said, she said, tell your boy flush. He's going to be feeling like shit for a long time, but he just got to eat it because he's going to be a new man after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough, man, because imagine what he's thinking in his head. You know what I'm saying? But he's, yo, bro, he was out with us on Thursday. Like, he was like, yo, nut, you got an album released with DJ Sinister and Cuban. I got you. I'm going to go support. He was like, you know, because Sinister did a, um, yeah, we got a, sing a new single coming out. Sinister's on the Scratches, produced by Cuban, and um, Royal Flush is on it. Me, Jake Palumbo, M-Dot, Rob P. So we working, bro. Flush is just loving. The, the universe is connected, man. I mean, yo, man. Flush, flush is loved, bro. A lot of people. The energy is dope, man, and I'm and I'm glad. I'm glad the universe is out here for him, man, because he no, needs I, this right now. He needs all of us. No, I'm 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 so happy to see, man. You you see so many different, you know, MCs, producers, you know, people in the game, just you know, sharing, you know, the show info on socials and really just doing what they can to promote it to send love to Flush, man. But, you know, thinking about this on a bigger issue, you know, this is something that I know, like, KRS, I think, and Chuck D are working on, but, like, health insurance for artists, man. Like, the fact that, you know, you spend your life dedicated to a craft, but there's not a system set up to really take care of artists, like, beyond the music. Like, do we need better health care for, for artists out there? We definitely do, man. Because, I, I mean, you look at you look at people that go to work 
every day, you know, and even these corporate companies. I mean, you know, all of them got 401ks and all of that shit. I mean, they, they all got benefits, except for the music industry. Like, let's be honest, bro. Like, the music industry, the entertainment industry don't have, you know, from SAG, from the actors. I don't know how they, I don't know um how they're positioned, but as far as hip-hop, there's no union or nothing, man. So we we definitely need to put that together, bro. And the big dogs need, need to do it. Like how you mentioned KRS, everybody who already got their foot in the game and they're making um and and they done um they got deals with corporate companies and certain sponsors, they need to step up their game, bro, and do this. Cause you know, at the end of the day, we're human, we're 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 in business and we're putting product out for the people. We're paying taxes as well, right? Because don't rappers get fucking taxed by the exactly. IRS when you don't pay, right? So it's like, I mean, we're paying all our dues. We should get some fucking get back, you know? That shit is crazy, bro. But they should definitely set up a union, man. They definitely got to set up a union for, for entertainers, period. You know, not just rappers, everybody, bro. You know, DJs, producers, just like you said, bro, because look what Flush is going through. And now, you know, they had to start a GoFundMe besides this insurance can only cover a certain amount. So now it's like um us doing these fundraisers. We're really helping out Royal Flush, you know, get the right medicine and the right treatment. And that's what's gonna keep them alive. But like you said, there, there has to be another system. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the the industry makes billions of dollars, man. And now with all this new technology and streaming services, come on, bro. You're just gonna keep robbing us that even when we're we're down and out and we need help and our families need help or we need help you know with um with, um with medication or surgeries or you know with hospitalization whatever it is they need to be there for us in the forefront like we are for them when we're feeding them and their families and those big ass corporate companies <laughs> no a thousand percent man you know have, have you been surprised by either the outpouring of support from individuals or in some cases even the lack of support from people who can easily make a difference yeah, I like. Well, you mean um um for this event that we got going, we're all flush did, overall, when, or just like in hip hop? Just the whole, you know, when when you look at at you know, Royal Flush is a great example, right? Like have you know the GoFundMe, and and looking at fans and and personalities and artists, you know, supporting it. But we also know that you know there's there's so many like people at labels who you know Royal Flush has contributed to these labels building building so you know with his contributions. That, that they could wipe that GoFundMe out with a click of a button and not even feel it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But they don't, because at the end of the day, you know, these are these are the people that we're dealing with, man. Greedy ass motherfuckers. <laughs> no doubt. It doesn't stop. It's been happening since day one, bro. From from public enemy to freaking TLC. <laughs> they've been they've been robbing the artists, bro. Like this system was made for us to lose. It's like a lose-lose situation, even, you know. That's why I even see artists like even the big dogs, you know, like Drake and all of those dudes, like. You know how hard they got to work just to live well, bro? It's, it's fucking crazy, bro. It's absurd. You know, that's why um, I just I just take it one day at a time, bro. And um, I just try to spread the word, like you said, in the knowledge that we 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 need to these corporations need to look at stuff like like this, like what's happening right now with Royal Flush. You know, there's a life and death situation. And wh where are they? to take care of their artists when we're there feeding their families and paying all their bills. And when they're driving around their fancy cars and, you know, investing in all these other, other, um, making all these other investments. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a messed up system, bro. But welcome to America. 
<laughs> the yeah, land, no, it's the land, home of the brave, land of the fee. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. No, you, you see know. it. You see it in so many different areas, man. Where, you know, instead of, you know, people contribute to companies, to you know, educational institutions, to nonprofits, but you know, under this idea of like a contractor versus employee, where the contractor you just get paid your fee and you do your work and then it's done. But, you know, as employees, you know, you get the retirement, you know, like the 401k, you get the insurance, you get um, all the benefits, you know, stock buybacks or whatever it is, like you get these benefits yeah. that you and, it, you know, it almost is like this model needs to shift where artists go from just being contractors to like actually having, you know, more, um, you know, ownership and, and, and support. For, for what they're building because we look at what what everyone has done you know to build different labels that wouldn't be what they are and and then that contract ends and it's like the label stays rich off of that work while the artists you know can struggle financially financially yeah yeah and you're just like living in debt basically <laughs> yeah you, you know, know how, how hard is it man today to make a living in hip-hop man when you look at you know the different avenues you know for revenue but also just how congested the game can be, man. Like, like, what's it like, man, trying to make hip hop, you know, your, yeah, your primary it, source of income? Oh, man, basically, man. Oh, man, Brian, this, this you know, you know what it, it goes to show that. Um, even all the hard work that I've put in, you know, for 25 years, you know, if you don't have the love and the passion for it, yeah. You're going to be discouraged and overwhelmed. You're going to get out the game early. Like even those that had their little one hit wonders, like you said, you know. So what keeps me going is that I really have the love and the passion for it because you're not going to make money. Whoever thinks they're going to come into this game making money, bro, it's, you know, you got. And these days, it's, it's not even about the music and the talent anymore. It's like, why, why you're doing beats? Like me and Cuban was talking about that. Now it's like you got you got a producer doing beats live, right? So for the audience... His wife or his kid got to come throw a pie on his face now just to get the extra views to go up. Like, nobody even cares about the music. You got to be a freaking clown now. <laughs> it's, just yeah. like, it's like a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, where the hell are you going with this? But that's basically it. You're not going to make no money, man, Um, off of hip-hop in the beginning. But, you know, as far as you selling merch and how you represent yourself and invest and and also the markets that this hip hop is in is like, what, what, where, where, where do you fit in? Because where is hip hop going? It's all over the place now. And now with streaming, nobody's eating, nobody, no, nobody's held accountable to um, even the proceeds that go to artists. As far as like you said, with labels and anything, nobody knows where that money's going. Snoop even said it. Like, what the hell is the stream? How do you identify what percentage of artists get and what the company gets? What cut? Like, it makes no sense. That's why a lot of artists are going back to the physical. And that's what I'm entertaining right now. You know, the merch and, you know, that real buyback and and you actually buying that physical copy, you know, and purchase it for the artist where there's no middleman involved. And that's why I, I that's where the industry is headed to right now, where nobody wants no middleman because you're not making these these big dogs are not even making no money. As it is, everything is running and they living in debt, bro. <laughs> All of which them is, saying. That's why 50 even started with the movies, man. It, 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 it's, it's wild to see that, man. But what what I've seen too, man, from, from like the, the journalist side of things is it's a lot easier. If you've got an announcement to make, you go make it on your Instagram and Twitter and any other socials that you got. 
instead yeah. of saying, you know, in, in the past, you know, if we're, if we're looking at 20 years ago, you know, you're saying, let me send out a press release. Let me hit like hip hop game and the other hip hop websites. Like, let me make sure like these blogs get it. Now it's just like, let me just put it out there and, and speak directly to my fans. I mean, the the middleman in terms of like the label is, is disappearing, mm-hmm. like you said, but yeah. also it feels like the middleman in terms of the media and that whole machine is also kind of fading away at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But the artist still is still always going to need media, you know, as far as coverage and 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 promoting because that's what social that's what these social these new social media platforms are from Instagram to Twitter. It gives you a chance to promote your music. But how many people are doing it? And that's the and that's another thing, too. Like all of that is is, is, is subjective to like um, you think about uh, I was reading an article last year. Remember what they were talking about about um or with Spotify with streaming how it runs and um um yeah eight, eight, yeah right and they, I I I forgot the name of the um of the article but they were basically talking about how uh, artists needs to get streamed about a million times just to make like what a hundred dollars or something like that or yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's like that's that's a that's a huge amount of of listeners, a huge audience, and you're getting <laughs> almost nothing for it. Nothing for it. And then and then oh my lord, man! I don't I don't know, man. I I don't know where we're going with this, man. And then AI duplicating people's vocals and stuff, and mimicking like somebody can come out with an album. Now. <laughs> it's crazy. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the new world that we're living in, man. This is the new man, world. Like, like I want to hear Biggie's voice over college dropout, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's going to exist one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I mean, but, but that's the future that we're, he- that's the future that we're headed to, man. I mean, there's, there's nothing that we can do to stop it, you know? And when you but look at create, that. Create our own lanes, you feel me? Like how we did with hip hop. And now, you know, besides the culture vultures and all these big investors that put their foot in it. I mean, now it actually belongs to them. That's the way I look at it because they're in full control. We think we're in control, but you know what happens if those if all these um social media platforms decide to um they go bankrupt or something uh, uh you know like what happens then? We got to go back to step one, you know, yeah. radio and you know promote um 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 you know putting in that 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 footwork that field work in. We even look at a site like Twitter and how many people have left the platform since Elon Musk bought it and and how how many people refuse to pay for that blue check, man. Like engagement on Twitter has dropped tremendously, man, like in the last year where, you know, we all spent years building up our followings on Twitter and making sure there's content up there that you're posting. And then it's like, man, you know, a couple things happen um, in terms of like the ownership and of Twitter and and different different moves being made and it's like that that's not even that valuable of a platform anymore yeah look um look at fabulous um um fabulous um did an interview a while back and he was at like a family get-together and he was just testing out his you know the young youth the little his little cousins and his family and he was like yo you heard the new mixtape or whatever i think is during the time he had that um him and jada kiss had the mixtape out oh yeah 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 the freddie freddie versus jason or whatever and he told them, yeah, you heard it. All of them pulled out their iPads and phones. And they're like, yeah, we all heard it. He was like, they were all fucking 
um um showing me where where not where they purchased it at, but where they were streaming it at. It was just straight off of YouTube. So they were like, "This is where the game is going." Fabulous was like, wow. "Was like not one of them." Four of his family members showed him, yeah, I heard the mixtape, I heard the mixtape, but none of them bought it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> they, you talk- yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Yo, you talked about culture vultures, man. Like, how do you spot a culture vulture in 2024? Um, well, it's mostly tr- um, people trolling as well. You know, that can be considered a, a, a culture vulture too. Yeah. You know, but Basically, a culture vulture now, and it doesn't identify by race, man. I just feel like anybody that doesn't really respect the game or know what hip hop is about or done their research and they just want to make their money off of it, it's not going to go well. And you see, you see the outcome to that. It's not going to go well. And it's, it happened because our own people do it to us, you know? I mean, people are getting called out right now, if you can see him, you know, from Diddy to. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> you know what's crazy about the Diddy too, the accusations is there wasn't a huge rush to defend him the way that there's been mm-hmm. a rush to defend other a lot of the comments, a lot of what you hear is like, yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, it's were you surprised at all by that? Well, I mean, a lot of people are not gonna say anything for the fact that. You know they 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 don't want to be involved in it. So right, they don't want to be be a quote. They don't. Yes, exactly. So that's what's gonna happen in this game. But you know we this is where we come from. But I can't even consider Diddy a coach of Ocha because he really came in the game and you know he was working. But it's like dealing with these corporate companies, bro. You got these sick ass rich motherfuckers that they don't care, bro. They're just they're just sick, man. How they say, man. These guys are sick, man. You got pedos and freaking sex trafficking going on and all that is involved in our game as well too you see how it's coming out like i wasn't surprised to hear that he had any involvement um, allegedly you know in sex trafficking because this is what this industry is about bro you know you're dealing with models young stragglers girls trying to figure it out you know they're gonna meet rappers go into a studio and god knows what happens after that you know what i'm saying so this is the you know it's remember hip-hop is from the streets and it started in the streets. That's why I tell people you got you got to be careful even coming in, into this game, trying to be a part of it. If you haven't done your research, you know what I'm saying? Like in all solidarity, like, yo, um, hip hop is one of the realest genres of music. You know what I'm saying? And look, look how far we we, we came and what we've become. Yeah. No, I mean, to, to to borrow a question from Nori, man, and Drink Champs, man, you know, hip-hop at 50, you know, did you ever think hip-hop would make it this far, man? No. But I, but just the instruments that we were using in hip-hop, I know the music will, will live forever. And that's a proven fact, because look, 50 years later, we're still here. And that's what's keeping us alive, that hip-hop, not just being an original format like i I'm, i mean we we take from soul we take from rock we take from funk and all that was there before hip-hop so that's why we're still here and we respect the music you know me now as i made my transition and to a producer and a beat maker this is a whole different world too as as doing production so you know those values and you gotta you gotta i i look at you gotta respect the craft and 
and pay homage to those that were here before you. So that's when hip hop started going left because even with us, yeah, we had violence and people talk about um 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 sex, drugs, and and um um you know and violence in our music. We had it in the eighties, we had it in the in in the nineties, but it was substance to our music. You know, we wasn't just saying yo. We was being realistic. You're not coming out of your fucking crib with an Uzi and killing 15 people and you're going to be walking the next day like nothing happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And this is what you hear in a lot of the drill music and all of that. And I respect that there's some drill songs that I like, but we're like, yo, let's be obvious, kid. That shit didn't really happen. Nobody believes you, but, you know, they got their own thing going, their own lane. Let's see how far it lasts. But, you know, I think that's what it is. With hip hop, man, you have to you have to do your research. It's just like if you want to fucking um um play jazz music, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you 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 have a um a saxophone. You're gonna have to read a couple of books on Miles Davis, and uh, you know you you get what I'm trying to say. Right, right. No, no doubt, man. You know what's it been like for you to making that transition from MC to also getting into the production side of things and really. Um, taking that seriously and working on that side of things. Well, it um, starting out in the game, I was always like a beatbox. So I used to get thrown out the classes for banging on the table. So, you know, it was always in me. My father was, uh, um, you know, um, conguero. He played the congas, the drums. And he even um um opened up for Hector Lavo and a couple of people, you know, the Fania and all of that back in the days. And um it's in my freaking DNA. You know, I'm Dominican from the Caribbean. My family came from there. And that's that 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 salsa the merengue, bachata. I mean, that's 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 engraved in my soul. So I always had it in me and um I, I I never played instruments, but banging on the table and playing beats and hip hop, that shit came together. <laughs> and I started, I started, I had this kid that I used to rap with, my boy back in the day, my boy Bamboo and NKS, we started a group. And I never felt comfortable no, people writing for me. But as the years passed, you know, other MCs came into the picture and we all did little battles and freestyles and little ciphers. And then people started getting lazy. You know, the streets are each your soul. So um, I was in and out because I had a passion and love for music. So I kept writing. Um, I stopped beatboxing, but not not like not like um like as a career like i'm just like oh you know i'm let me let me just concentrate on the lyrics more and i and i noticed that people in my neighborhood started getting lazy like they weren't even writing anymore and they're like yo nut man you should start fucking kicking some shit bro i know you be kicking some funny shit you kicking some street shit and that's when i started doing the battles and all of that and going to the new yorkian and fat beats and i always had it in me to do beats but i wasn't computer savvy so I was scared to touch that freaking um, beat machine, but I was always around dope producers and always had an interest for it, but I never went into it at full throttle. And um, about two, two and a half years ago, um, Cuban put the battery on my back and said, yo, MPC gang, bro, get an MPC, start off. If you like it, like it. If you don't, you know, fuck around with it for a month or two, and then you could just sell it if anything, if it's not your thing, but bro. 
this shit became my best friend, bro. I'm in love with this bitch. <laughs> That's amazing, man. And and see the Cuban man is incredible. Like uh, we had a great conversation and, and I appreciate you promoting it too and, and sharing it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, he's someone that like, I, I I love the sound. I love what he's bringing to the game and, and the work that he's doing with you and Chadio from crew. Like yes, he's doing yes, incredible stuff, man. How did you and C first get down and, and start working together? Yeah, me and C got down back in um 1998. Um, I started going to a studio to record with one of my cousins. He wanted to help me, you know, pursue my um rap career. But you know, he was he he was um all over the place. He had other investments and other interests and stuff. So we kind of like broke apart. I stuck with Cuban and my other man. Um, we was um a studio called K and Me Studios, and um this kid named Mills. And right after that, um, we went on tour. I went, I mean, I went, I went on tour to Sweden. I had like two shows out there with um DJ JC and Y. And um Cuban couldn't make it. He was um busy during that time. I don't know if his daughter was sick, it was something he couldn't make it out to Sweden. So long story short, we um we kept we I kept going to the studio. We came out with this um another single called um the Bla- you remember when the Blair Witch project came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a yeah, I did a single and shit um called the Blair Bitch Project. And I said, Oh man. Like, yeah. It was su- it was super dope. It was like it was like a little um um you know um, um, my my um how you say it? Um it was like a remix of of the movie and my interpretation of it. You know what I'm saying of the of the Blair Witch Project, and I just added some funny shit over there. We just put it out like a, like as a test drive, as a sample. People went crazy in the underground; they were loving it. Oh, not rages. Um, um, came out with the Blair Bitch Project. Rest in peace, even Pumpkinhead. All these dudes loving that shit. Um, and we had the little single out. I did a freestyle, I think, with um Bobito and stretching them. Right after that, we ended up going on tour with the Beat Nuts, in into um. Um, to Spain, we were there for like two weeks, and that's how me and Cuban just became best friends, bro. We kept working after that, and we pulled out a couple of projects. And to this day, that's my brother. We still here working, bro. And that's my brother, man. That's all I gotta say, bro. I mean, it speaks for itself, bro. We got history together. We've done so many projects, traveled the world. We ended up going to Japan twice in one year. Um, um, performing with Elder Sensei. I mean, wow. It's so much, bro. We'll be this interview is like it will be like seven hours. <laughs> man, <laughs> no doubt, man. I got the time, man. You know, you shot it out Pumpkinhead too, man. You know, rest in peace to PH man. Like, what do you remember most about him, man, and his legacy today? Oh, PH man, it was yo, straight that that whole freaking um lyricist lounge and Fat Beats and New York Poets Cafe, you know, Wordsworth, Punchline, they all skills, Thurston Howell, you know, that's the family, bro. Um, Poison Pen, I mean, that, that, that era, I mean, bro, that's, that's classic, memorable, I will never forget, but Pumpkinhead was always in them ciphers, bro, always creating some dope shit, man, and, and, um, him and his team, bro, they was always there in the forefront, bro. One of the beginners, man, in this underground shit. I'm not going to front, bro. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really with the backpack movement because I was like, bro, I just came from the projects, you know, doing my thing. Like, I, I'm not a backpacker, but, you know, I, I I love different type of music. 
you know, and that's the shit. I, I, I couldn't listen to Hot 97 all day and all these mixtapes with, you know, DJ Clue and all of that. All that was dope. There was certain shit I liked in it, but I was like, there's, there's something else out there. And that's when I got into the, the most deaf and dilated peoples and all of that. You know, I just wanted to hear different shit, man. Like I said, even me, even um, when doing production, like it, I didn't do production because I seen C the Cuban doing beats like, oh, man, uh, he, he motivates me. Um, I look up to him. That's my big brother. But at the end of the day, I was always, like I said, when I was beatboxing, I was always listening to sounds in my head. I always seen like anytime I hear music, I, I see the waves in the ocean. You know, it can even get galactic. I start seeing stars and the orbits and shit like that. So I already knew the shit was in me, man. It was just putting it together. Just, just like Havoc with Mob Deep when he's um creating and he sees colors and stuff like that. You know, like everybody's different, bro. So you just got to find yourself and you know, just like talking about pH, we all found ourselves, man, and 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 we're still here. Like you know, I'm I'm um that's what keeps me going in in, in hip hop, bro. Because I'm I'm still working. I'm in the medical field, and I still make money off the of music. I get my checks here and there, and once a month. But this is what keeps me going: the passion and the love for it, man. So rest in peace, pH, man. He was always there in the forefront, bro. Battles and ciphers. I just remember um. I'm, I'm battling. Yo, we battled too. Me and Pumpkin had a couple of dudes. We was in ciphers, rock steady battles with C Ray Walls and all of them. You know what I'm saying? That shit was crazy, bro. But that time, I'm never gonna forget that time. I cherish those moments and inherit them to the day that I die, bro. Super dope, man. Rest in peace, all our fallen soldiers, man. Man, thanks for sharing that, man. You know, and for anyone who hasn't checked it out, man, the phbook.com. Um, that's the the rock, rock, rock on the story of Robert PH Diaz. All proceeds go to his kids. So please check out that that PH yes, book. Yes, yes. I got to definitely go support that. It's my brother, PH. And it's funny that we was talking about the Blair Bitch Project. I had, the, remember, during that time we was moving, that's the, 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 the mid-90s, you know, going into the yeah. late 90s. That's 97, 98, 99. So I actually drove to his projects in Brooklyn from Queens to, to give him a, a tape personally and shit. He was like, yo, I appreciate you, Nutrageous. This is dope, bro. So we were slinging tapes during that time. <laughs> that's amazing, man. That That's amazing. And, and he, he that that's, I, I met him, you know, in, in a way at a, at a show and he was just super cool to me. I had no credentials to my name. I had, uh, I was, I was brand new as a writer and, and he was super cool to me, man, where a lot of people were like, uh, oh, that's cool, you know, like and brushing me off. And so I always appreciated about that about him is just how it didn't matter if you were editor of the source or just starting out, like he'd treat you the same. He'd treat you the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have and, that mutual respect, you know? Yeah, which, which, which was rare at that time for me, at least what mm -hmm. I experienced. So I was always just like, you know, the fact that he was cool to me from the beginning, man, is like that's that 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 meant a lot, man. That's. Um, that's why I did the book and that's why, you know, it's, you know, do whatever I can to keep his legacy alive because of how dope he is, man. You know, um, looking at B-Boy Funk Breakers Delight, man, you got the remix on the Mr. Sinister Project, man, with with El Sensei and, you know, see the Cuban, man. Like, what was it like making that song, man, and, and really um, working with Sinister at the same time? Yeah, we um we've been working um with Sinister for a couple of weeks. We, well, he's a, another Queens native. We know him for years. Legendary, you know, executionist DJ Sinister. Salutes to him. Um, him and Cuban been working on a couple of projects as well with us on a couple of singles. And um, him and Sinister connected for the Fat Beast project. Sinister hit me up because they had a loose single 
they had nobody on it yet, but he thought of me because um, he thought of Elder Sensei too for the fact that we did a joint um, with DJ Doom um, a while back. I don't know if you ever heard that breaker joint. Um, um, damn, it was a sample from Jimmy Casper. It's me, Large Pro, and um, Tony Touch, and Elder Sensei. I don't know if you ever heard that joint. No, but I need to. I don't know how I missed it, but I did. Yes, yes, yes. You can look it up. Just on uh, uh, Nutso, Tony Touch, Elder Sensei, and Large Pro. It'll, it'll, um, it'll, it'll come up. It's produced by um, DJ Doom. So he heard that breaker joint. We did that a couple of years back. And he was like, yo, Nut. I got a lot of rap, hardcore joints on my album, but I need one of those like B-boy joints. So you down to do something like that? I'm like, yo, bro, I'm man, all the ingredients are hip. Like I'm here, bro. I'm I'm there. I love it. He wanted to do something different. And L got on, you know, being part of the artifacts, rest rest in peace, tame one. And um, we got busy on it. He he sent me the beat. Um, Cuban was like, yo, bro. This is some real rock steady joint, bro. Like you gotta act like you you, you like you break dancing on this joint, nut. You popping and locking on this motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, I got you, man. But once I heard the break beat, bro, and sinister scratches on it, I mean, Brian, what else is gonna motivate you, bro, to get on the joint? Yeah. <laughs> That, that, the rest is history, but that joint was was dope, bro. And sinister was hounding me down for that. He hit me up, yo, nut. Um, you think you could drop that verse because we got a deadline, and then the deadline changed. He was on my ass, man. And then I, I, I submitted the verse like the day after. So you know, I, I work pronto, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm very punctual. So Sinister loves that about me, and and him too, bro. He's a professional, so we we definitely work well together, man. And it's a pleasure to be part of his project and the Fat Beats project and movement as well. You know, because I, I, I came, I came up under them as well too. You know, like I told you, just being in those battles and freestyles and open mics and ciphers you know in the late 90s it just brings me back you know to dj eclipsing them on fat beats and risen them you know doing it up and non-fiction and them man i mean it doesn't get better than that just being part of that conglomerate no for for, for sure man that, that, that's incredible and you put out so many great songs and projects over the years do you feel like you're ever going to put your whole archive and everything that you've you've done on those digital streaming services so that we can really hear everything? Because I know you've got so many um, projects and EPs and and singles that just that aren't out there. Um, you know, you can find them on YouTube. You can find them in different places. Do you, do you think you're ever going to put them in one spot? Yeah, that's what we were talking about. It's crazy that you said B-Boy Funk because that's not on the vinyl, but it's out digitally. So now um, Sinister's thinking about making vinyls for that as well. And, you know, produced by DJ Sapphire. Shout out to Sapphire. And that brings us back to what you're saying. So Cuban Brent um, put one of the first projects I think I ever had streaming was Raw Nuts. I never liked the cover. Cuban did the cover. It was hilarious. We went back and forth with it. What the fuck? You put a whole bunch of peanuts in a fucking <laughs> black. <laughs> but check this out. It's crazy that he did that on the CDBaby.com years ago, bro. When mm. you 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 know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. When this when digital distribution first started, he did it with CDBaby.com. And now, years later, people ask, yeah, none. I can I see a couple of your projects on Bandcamp, just like you said, Brian. Like and iTunes, but yo, a lot of your old stuff, I can't find it digitally. But when you type nut dash rages, you'll find that you'll find that project that CD Cuban put on 
back in the early 2000s. So that project, Raw Nuts, has a lot of the beginning stages of Nut Rages with about 15 or 20 tracks on there. So you can find some Nut Rages tracks in there. Like one one, one of my first um, um, vinyls that I put out with KO, rest in peace KO from School Ball, you can find that on that project. So stuff like that, Brian, we're trying to, we're trying to um, flood the market with a lot of my old stuff because this is where we're going. No matter what, no matter who, we try to get grumpy and stubborn and ah, we're, we're going to still do it the old school way. Listen, bro. Technology is in, is advancing, is in, is enhanced now, and there's nothing we can do. You know, it's we just got to get with the program, but we don't got to give in. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we we yeah. still do it our way, and 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 just you know take the cherry off the top. If you know what I'm saying? No, no doubt. I was listening to Raw Nuts this past week too, just getting ready for the interview and just just you know going back and so many so many amazing songs and 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 verses on there, man, and it, it it's amazing too that you have that history with with KL, you know, rest in peace from Screwball, man. Like, what what are your memories, man, of KL and working with with guys from Screwball back in the day? Oh Lord, man, that's yo, bro. We go back, like I said, back to the freaking streets. I was outside a troublemaker, nutso, peanut from the projects from Flushing, while and now jumping from there to Corona. That's how I used to see the beat nuts and um and Coogee Rab. You know, I was really outside walking around and 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 you know being involved in whatever the hell was going on with from, from crimes to hip hop to the bullshit to the politics. But um, me KL, um, we met in Flushing. Um, we had mutual friends, you know, from Queensbridge, poet as well too, and like I said, even talking about um um twin twin Gambino from the infamous mob, he used to come to my projects to hang out. So we all used to go to each other's projects. Um um we 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 used to have get-togethers. You know um um Queens Day, Brooklyn Queens Day. we all all the hoods from um Queens will meet up, and from there we just stay connected, bro. And they they just blew up off of the music you know as far as like that whole queensbridge um dynamics was bananas bro you know that from fucking nas to court mega tragedy Mar marley mall i mean man the list goes on roxanne shantae you know i i, I don't want to forget anybody but you know etc etc so you right. just imagine these dudes were hanging out like how nas talks about going to the fucking hollis queens and hanging out with the supreme team or whatever this is like how kl and Black poet. I'll be in Queensbridge. I'll be on the hill. I'll go over there, buy a bottle, meet poet. Fucking two hours later, niggas have a fucking shootout. Then I go back to my projects and yo, man, you heard what the fuck happened in Queensbridge? And then something happens in my neighborhood. This is what it was in the 90s, bro. Like we had we had no social media. So it was like everything was word of mouth. And you had to really put that field work in. So you couldn't just stay home, come out to events and say you a rapper or you a MC. You had to really be out there for people to respect you. And give you and give you that um that um that that um that homage, you know what I'm saying? So KL and Black Poet, they just wasn't fucking with me because I was a dope MC and I wasn't just fucking with them because they were dope MCs. Like we had mutual friends and we were all from the same hoods. We all grew up in Queens, man. No doubt, man. What does it mean to you too? Like when DJ Premier World Premier is one of your joints. Oh, Lord, that's amazing, man. Just meeting him, you know, at the shows. And then, you know, um, one of our ex-partners I used to work with us in Cuba, meeting him at Sirius and him giving me that platform. 
for me to for me to display my new music and spit my favorite verse or whatever. Like I, that's bro, that's memorable, unforgettable, legendary shit, bro. Just Primo being in that room telling me, yo, I like this joint. Or, yo, you killed it on this. So, yo, can you do a drop for me? I'm like, this is coming from Primo, bro. I want to do something. But we know we never got a chance to work on a project. But hopefully in the future, we'll get up. You know, there's always been talks about that. But um, that, that shit incredible. right there put a battery in my back, Brian. Just imagine, bro. Like, just growing up off a of Gangstar, Mass Appeal and all of that, bro. Do Wick and seeing, seeing them on an the uprise. And those are legends that gave us classic hits that we will never forget. You know, so just meeting them in real, real life and real time and them um, giving you flowers as well. Bro, that's that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You can't beat that. There's no price you tag can't. you put on you that. Can't. Hell no. You can't price that. <laughs> but no, yeah, people that. like in Primo, too, it's crazy to spoke about Primo because Primo did a project with Black Poet and we were all connected, man. Pose my dude, too, man. I talked to him a couple of months back. Remember, I had them on the Rabioso Mente, the Spanglish project that I did with um, El Mesui when me and Cuban first started touring right. and we went to Spain. Yeah, I had Thurston Howe on that album, you know, Jake Palumbo, Dax Empire, and I had Black Poet as well. And a couple of my other dudes from my hood, Reap Raw and, you know, and um, and Rob P, who, I, who I'm working with. But um, KL, bro, beautiful soul, Dope spirit and um, rest in peace to KL, bro. From the studios to the projects to 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 the music we put out together, man. Much love to him and his family, man. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, KL, forever, bro. I love those dudes, man. And shout outs to Primo, man, because all of us, bro, we look at Primo being from Texas, me being from Queens, and, you know, like, just all of us in, in the room together, bro. That's just, man, it's, 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 it shows pow star power. <laughs> No, that's that, and and I I love the Rabioso Mente album, man. Even though, um, you know, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but to mm -hmm. hear to hear the 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 project and just how 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 dope it sounds, man. Like, what was it like putting that together, and having the mix of English and Spanish together, man? To to really have something for you know for for folks who are bilingual or maybe only speak mm -hmm. English or Spanish, it's like there's something everybody can connect to on that. Yeah, I did. We strategically did that because, you know, Mesui, he wanted me to um, also just keep it in English. But I said, you know what? Um, a lot of joints predominantly like in English. And I told him, you know, why don't we just really let's just do this shit in Spanglish because I do speak Spanglish. You know what I'm saying? I was born and raised here in America, but my family, you know, is from the Caribbean, from Dominican Republic. And he's from Spain. The, con the conquistadors, <laughs> the conquerors, so the invaders. And I told him, um, yeah, we got to get this going. Me and him been family since I started, since my first tour with him. You know, I was out there for a month before I even, we took the beat nuts out there. So Cuban is kind of the first person to take the beat nuts to Spain. That was their first time oh, wow. ever going to Spain. Yeah, and they were already traveling the world. And once again, Brian, remember, we're still unsigned, just upcoming artists, you know what I'm saying? And and that's why we're still here, because pe people don't understand, bro. We put a lot of footwork in without no major machines behind us, bro. And we was already traveling the tour. I'm, I'm traveling the world, setting up tours. Cuban had ship booked from fucking London, Japan, to Spain, to Sweden. And this is like, how the hell you guys are doing this? We wasn't even signed to a fucking rockets or land speed or nothing. It was just me, Cuban, and our other partner, bro. All that money coming out of our pockets, no investors or nothing. So that speaks for itself, bro. Let, 
like that's independence to like the utmost degree right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you were saying before, Brian, my, um, my bad, not to cut you off. No, no, man, just, just you know, looking. Oh, at Oh, yeah, the, you the... said with the rabioso mentes. Yeah, so basically, um, putting that together, that shit was done nonchalantly, bro. That shit was, it, it was, it was easy money, man. Me and Messi was in the studio maybe one time out of all the tracks we put out. I think it's about 12 tracks. We was in the studio one time. Everything else, he did it from his crib. And we just have that bond and that relationship that we didn't even have to be in the same room. And just hearing that energy on that album, you would think we was in the fucking in the studio together, like like Havoc and, and Styles P with the last project they came out with. They were never in the studio together when that project got done. Man, that, that's amazing, man. You know, is there a different creative process if you're rhyming in English or or Spanish or Spanish? That's that's where it get a little difficult because I can't write that good in Spanish. So putting that flow and delivery and mastering that. That shit took a while, but it it came it came um natural as well, you know, organically. Like I cause I I do know how to speak Spanish. So I was just like, I just have to say these words in the same way I'm, you know, pronouncing them in English with that same flow. And after a while I got it, you know, and you gotta just start looking up <laughs> and try try to enhance your vocabulary as well, too, you know, because it's not easy. <laughs> I mean, as someone who cannot do that, I I, I take your word for that, man, because that's that that seems impossible to me, man. So I mean, that's incredible. Like, what what is your writing process like today? Yeah, well, right now I've been taking a step back, not even from writing, because I'm doing um production as well. So it's like you know, every other day I I'll grab the pad, you know what I'm saying, and I'll express the way I feel I've been into that pad you know what I'm saying and then I got my phone you know with all this new technology and I'll write a couple of rhymes on my phone as well but the 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 process is just you know I'm older now I, I just turned 45 on Thursday so oh man happy birthday man nah thank you thank you Brian man so basically these years are hitting they're not hitting hard because we're still young OGs but the thought process is different because now I'm going through different um um levels in my life you know and I, I got to start expressing more of that into my into the paper. So that's been my thought process now for 2024. You know, I got to I got to give people a taste of a little classic nutrageous where I, where I come from and what I'm dealing with now as a 45 year old man walking this planet. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not out. um 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 conflicting in the street. And going in and out of jail and all that shit. So, you know, we do we do got to change those patterns. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, man. How, and as, how did as you MCs, say? you know, and as and as and as teachers in the game, you know? Yeah, it, it's like it's almost like you feel your perspective shifting a bit. Yes, yes, yes. But I still I'm still on my shit because I'm from Queens, bro. Nobody could take that shit out of me, bro. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt, man. How, how did you celebrate your birthday? Yeah, we actually that's what I said on um Thursday was um Sinister's um um Fat Beats album release party. So at 12 o'clock, once it hit 12 o'clock, I started celebrating my birthday with, with the hip hop community and a couple of friends and family members. And then the next day, you know, it was just with my wifey, you know, God bless. She's been having me with a good head on my shoulders now, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the streets will fucking swallow you up, bro. And all that 
you know, bullshit and politics. So I'm, I was very grateful to wake up that morning and celebrate my birthday with DJ Sinister and CD Cuban and Rob P and, and, and my cousin Flea and my wife and Royal Flush was with us, like and my DJ Mike Deuce. You know what I'm saying? The rest of the Flushing Mall, but that was super dope, man. You know, and Sapphire and um, DJ Toshi was in the building. You know, Elder Sensei. I mean, it was so dope. It was so dope, bro. It was amazing, man. You know, for from from an event to, to a celebration of life of uh, another spin around the sun. Man, that, that's that's incredible, man. I'm, gl I'm glad that went well, man. So so looking at 2024, man, you know, what what's coming up for you, man, this year? Like, what are your goals? What do you want to have out? or accomplish, man, if we're, if we're talking in December of 24 and we're looking back on what you did, what do you want to say? Yeah, well, basically, um, last year we killed it. You know, we came out with a couple of singles. Cuban killed it, you know, because that's the team right there. We're working with Rob P and Sinister. We working on like three, four projects. So I'm definitely... Um, me and Cuban's project that's dropping, we're doing an instrumental album because, you know, we, we, we're killing it out there with the beats. A lot of people want to hear us together. And then want to hear more of us. So that's amazing. we're going to put that out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, bro. We're going to put that out. Cuban got the album out with Chadio right now. Um, Sinister and me are working on a couple of singles. We already did like two. Um, me and Rob Peace, um, um, Rob Peace Project. We're working on Rob Peace Project. It's almost wrapped up. Uh, me and Cuban have production on that as well. Um, I'm working on my solo project. So by the end of 2024, beginning of 25, you'll, you'll, yeah, the finally, um, the world is going to get to hear a solo nutso project. I'm, I'm coming out with a solo project. So I'm going to hit the heads with that. And, you know, a couple of mixtapes. And I also had that, um, that trilogy going on with, uh, Mr. Collabo. I've done so many features. Um, me and Cuban had a meeting the other day and we, we put, we bring that to the table. I got to come out with another series of Mr. Collabo, like six, seven, eight, nine to 10. Cause I've done a lot of features in these last couple of years. So, you know, a lot of those heads go, I mean, a lot of those joints go over people's heads. So we got to bring those joints back. Do you have any you know, favorites too that stand out? Um, As far as albums and projects I came out it, with? As far as features, man, because like you, you have, like you've shared space with so many different oh, talented Lord. MCs. When it, and you even got uh, Prodigy, right? You even got a Prodigy collab. I was about to say, yeah, don't test my crown. That Prodigy collabo was it was meant to be it was so dope even when you watch the video you can see prodigy mimicking my lyrics so he actually before dropping his shit he actually fucking like really studied me man and i i noticed that even when i had a talk with him that day we shared we shared some thc weed gummies and everything like <laughs> we ate some edibles together at that's the, amazing uh, yeah, behind the scenes. And I have I was like eating this one edible and I had it in my hand. And I remember I told Prodigy, damn, I already touched it my fingers. He's like, man, give me that shit, bro. It's all good, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, was all, it was all love that day. You know, I'll be um I'm 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 friends with um close friends with um Havoc's uncle, Uncle La, who Prodigy wrote in the book about. And I, I put uh, Uncle La on the phone and he was like at a shooting range and it was just hilarious. It was it was dope vibes that day. Like he was like, yo, the prodigy was like overwhelmed to know that I knew a lot of the people that he knew. And we never really met like that. You feel me? Like I like I told you, I knew I knew Havoc's uncle, Uncle La, never really hung out with Havoc like that. And Prodigy, you know, because Prodigy was always going back and forth. He was a Long Island Queensbridge dude. And they were mob deep, bro. You know, those dudes was famous beyond famous. So. 
I never got to meet them in, in real time, but all their, their entourage and their family members, they all knew who I was and I knew who they were, so it was bound to happen. So that Prodigy collabo is one of my favorites and 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 most memorable classic joints I've ever done as far as features. And this is my hood with Royal Flush and Mike G and Galaxy of Queens once again with the Honorable, my brother, Royal Flush, and the... um um. Our Queens natives, legendary CNN, Nori and Capone, my brother Capone family as well, too. And, you know, that's Royal Flush's cousin, Capone and Royal Flush are cousins, you know, that Cuban connection, flexing, wilding. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those are one of my, but it's so many, Brian. I'm going to be honest, because, you know, those are like the big dogs in the games, but oh, I got so many songs with with everybody. You name it, bro. You know, from 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 all the class, you know how we was talking about PH, all these dudes. G rap. You know yeah, G rap. Oh my God. Even Dana Dane, bro. Old school Dana Dane was slick rick. Me and Dana Dane got songs together. Don't tell me, tell her. You know, that's on the raw nuts. So featuring Dana Dane, the legendary Dana Dane with fame. Man, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's too many features, Brian. It's it, it, I, like I said, we'll be here for uh, another 10 hours, bro. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, I missed the collabo. I did a series of Mr. Collabo. So if people could go to Bandcamp and um um go check out those projects, I got a lot of music out, man. It's just I feel like this 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 industry and technology is moving so fast. We we can't get lost in the wind, bro. And that's what I feel is happening with this industry. So I'm glad we got people like you and journalists like you that are still interested in you know, MCs like me and 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 where this hip hop culture is taking it to another level for 2024 and 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 so long. You know what I'm saying? No, seriously, and and it really just shows the the importance of everybody really working together and continuing to collaborate because, you know, you know, you you share you know you sharing contacts with me to do interviews me sharing opportunities if i come across for you or like hey i got this this outlet i want to feature you like just the importance of that collaboration is more important today than i think it's ever been because of how many outlets are decreasing or the amount of artists that that really do the kind of music that we love are are decreasing like that that collaboration is more important yeah. now than ever i think and then and then another thing, Brian, Um, a lot of these collabs, you know, and I'm not going to say between me and you because this is going to be out to the public, but I'm just going to be honest between me and you and the whole public was listening. Um, uh, almost 95 percent of our collabos with, with these big dogs, including Prodigy, Royal Flush, we never made no money transactions. I didn't pay mm -hmm. them to get on my music. They actually liked me as an artist. Like if you do your research on these dudes. Um, especially Prodigy, he's not doing music with everybody. So for him to even get on this with me, it was because he took a liking of my music and my movement and what I represented. And I cherish that and I hold that heartily, you know what I'm saying? And I told him that too, you know what I'm saying? When I gave him his flowers that day and he gave me back flowers too, like, yo, you're dope. I like your shit. And that was amazing to me. So even with Royal Flush, it speaks for itself. Like I told you, going in the studio, I was 18, 17 years old, meeting these dudes in the studio, selling weed to them. And they're like, they look at me as the weed seller, but they didn't, but they knew that I was coming up in the game, but they just looked at me as, you know, peanut, the nigga with the weed and the coke or whatever. They never looked at me as the MC. So I had to put that footwork in. I was like, all right, I'm just not the guy that comes deliver weed to the studio. Like I'm out here rapping. I won a battle over here and fat beats. I won another battle over here. I did this, I did that. And People started to take um, he into me and um, 
and show me love and take me serious. And that's why I ended up doing songs with G-Rap and even working with Domingo on the Red Sunday. You know, shout out to Domingo. That was a dope ass project with legendary um, MCs on it, you know. So that's what keeps me going. Um, Brian, man, like I said, man, for those out there struggling in the game, this is, is very overwhelming and oversaturated as well, too. You want to fucking run out this motherfucker. But if you have a passion and love for it, keep going, bro. Just like you have a job that you do, like you doing this, uh, like uh, journalism and blogging and all that. You know what I'm saying, Brian? You got to really love it to be behind it and 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 keep going, you know, and every morning motivated to do this. No, no doubt, man. And, and, you know, when you get those verses from artists too, and you're not paying, you're getting better verses because they want to do it. You know, when you're, when yes. you're paying and you're, you're getting a thousand, 1500, it, it's a job. Like here's, here's the 16, here's the formula, but you know, if, if it's something that people want to do and they respect mm -hmm. you as an artist, you know, and they, they know the level of seriousness that you're bringing to your verse, like no one wants to get outshined on a song. They're going to bring their best. Yes, yes. And imagine me. I I'm I was feeling cornered. It's like fucking somebody, yo, you're about to do a song with Coogee Rap and Mike Geronimo, you know, the blood and bones. I'm like, oh my lord, I gotta step my game up. But every time I put that pen to that paper, all I got was fucking fierce, dope feedback, bro. Like, bro, you killed it. You know, the fire emojis before even social media, if you know what I'm saying. So I knew I was up to something. That's what got me in the still in the game. You know what I'm saying? And that's what keeps me like motivated to still do this. Like I said, but you know, for a lot of young artists is starting and those that like how you said, you know, especially um um the OGs in hip hop that put in that work and they haven't got nothing back and they feel like they haven't been acknowledged or put up to the forefront. Um, yeah. We need to do better out there, hip hop. We need to create these unions, like Brian said, and we need to help our families out. Because in times like this, like how we doing these fundraisers of Flush or whatever, if Flush didn't have this love or he didn't have people like us around him, like who knows where this could go, you know? Yeah. Or how no, it would have went, you know? No doubt, man. You know, and, and I and I know we went over time for you, man. I know you gotta, you got, you got other stuff you gotta get done, man. So I really yes, appreciate yes. you coming on man you know uh we going in presents man but what does the rest of your weekend look like man before before you get out of here yeah well basically today man we might just go shoot a little mini video um i'm gonna go check out my family real quick because i've been running around busy for the b-day week and um that's it man man but i don't i got i got eight years without drinking i don't smoke no cigarettes do no hard drugs i just smoke my little weed so my shit is just weed and water, man. So I'm going to go enjoy my time with my family right now and create some dope-ass fucking music so pe people like you can still have interest in me, bro. Man, in <laughs> eight years, spread man. the word. Eight years, incredible, man. You know, huge Thank congratulations you. for that, man. That, that That's amazing. Yeah, man. So sorry, Brian, if I'm a little off today. You know, I just woke up. I got a lot on my mind. There's a lot of things going on, but... I hope I touched all the, you know, topics and bases you needed me to, bro. Not even, nope. not even. This was incredible, man. Like I never would have guessed, man. This absolutely incredible interview, man. Like I'm just so, you know, so happy we got to do this, man, and and that you're sharing your story here, man. It's it was incredible. Nah, thank you, my brother. And you know, we'll we, we'll do it again. You know, I got more projects coming out, and you know, I'll see you 
this year, beginning of next year, whatever it is, man, you're more than welcome to hit me up, bro. If you need me for whatever, bro, I'm, I'm share my experience on your platform whenever you need me to, bro. I, I appreciate the shout always and blessings, man. And um, shout outs to uh, Cedar Cuban, my brother from another. That's my partner, Team Nutso. You know, we still here doing it up, man. And, and wifey for holding me down always, man. You know what I'm saying? I got 15 years with my wife, man. And, um, you know, she done saved my life, man. She been in here through my the worst of my trials and tribulations you know blood sweat and tears she been in she been by my side and um that's what keeps me going as well too you know because you need that support network you know how it is brian man that's incredible man it's 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 great to have that that strong team you know and that that you know you support and they support you man that's amazing to hear yeah thank you man and um we still here like i said bro um we got a couple of events coming up and Royal Flesh's fundraiser, that's at SOBs. Just hit up our links and um, touch base with us, man, and come support and donate so Royal Flesh can live another day and, uh, and, 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 and feed his family and, and keep putting out some dope music, bro. 